reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants Midweek Show with a little bit of mailbag. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida, not from New York. The last couple episodes have been from New York. I'm back in Florida. I'm back in the Florida groove. Here's my co-host, who is still in New York. He never records a show from anywhere else besides New York, because he's boring and uncultured. Danny King. Danny, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing's going on. I'm just great. Great week. Giants won. The the week started off great. Just having a great week so far. It's it's a, it's a good just a good week. It's just, it's unbelievable how much more pleasant like things are when the Giants get a win. It, we, I kind of had forgotten that feeling for you know three months basically. Like just that just the intro to the episode right there. You hear how more excited you were? Like usually it's like <laughs> welcome to talking Giants. Let's now, talk, let's clean this damn game up and answer your dumb questions. Like now it's like now, I love these questions. These questions. The question, I think we've got more questions than usual. They're more engaging. They're more thoughtful. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready to have an episode, Danny. Well, my Twitter breakdown, like I do this, like I've done this for every single week. And especially when it got like the five straight losses, it just fell apart. I was like, just I was like, please, let me get at least five likes. Now I'm just getting 80 likes, 90 likes. I'm like, it, the winning just brings out fun in people. It really does. Downloads go up after wins, which is surprising because – I guess it's not because I don't listen to anything Giants when, when the Giants lose. Whereas when the Giants win, it's like, oh, let's listen to some Giants stuff. Um, that's probably why I listen to more Giants stuff in the offseason because that's when there's the most hope. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it's, it's good to talk about the Giants. Life things have been more peaceful. You can even talk about like people being fired with more peace about it. Um, Eli had his send off, which I, I think we'll talk more about the Eli QB situation going into the Redskins game on Friday, just because. Yeah, I put a question mark on that one. Well, yeah, and because you know what, Danny, if we do, if we talk about like should Daniel Jones play, should Tanny play, should Eli play, I guarantee you we'll get the information like exactly in the morning when this drops and people are listening oh, yeah. to it. People are already going to know. So I, that's that's the only reason I'm not talking about the QB situation. Yeah. Well. Uh... Yeah, the the way the Giants like social media is making it seem like it almost seems like Jones is gonna be started, but that's just done because that it was probably his final game at MetLife. Sterling Shepard said he wouldn't mind going with Eli one more time. Speaking of Sterling Shepard, congratulations to uh him and his wife who had their second child. So congratulations to the Shepard family. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, I, I I you know I met John Boy for the first time on Sunday, and he said we're gonna like start like a PR team. So we'll have to send. Um, a gift back to Sterling Shepard. So get on that, John boy. Get on it. Because uh, Sterling definitely John. listens to the show. Right, Sterling? Yeah. Tw- tweet yes. at us. Mr. Shepard. Right, get on it, John boy. All right. <laughs> but, Danny, there's some stuff we have to get to. We're going to do a little film cleanup and mail, and then we'll answer mailback questions. A few things to clean up, though. This news came out. It wasn't even news. Jay Glazer, I guess, does for an, the Athletic a mailbag. 
uh, question each, uh, a mailbag article every week. And so obviously, like, Jay Glazier is the most accurate of them all. We, you know, me and you, Danny, have, like, the utmost respect for Jay Glazier. When Jay Glazier speaks, we listen. Um, you know, he was the first one on the Odell stuff. He doesn't do volume like Schefter and Rappaport do. So, like, there's less chance of him being wrong. I mean, you know, he got the Spygate stuff. So when he talks, like, it's you, it's, you should listen. And someone asked him about, like, the Ron Rivera-Dave Gettleman connection. Um, you know, obviously, because, you know, Ron Rivera's a free agent. The Giants are most likely, you know, from what we all think, Pat Schirmer's fired. Like, I, I think we're all pretty confident that Pat Schirmer's fired at the end of the year, whether you agree with it or not. But he just said, I'm not so sure Gabe, Dave Gettleman is going to be safe with the Giants. So that isn't a prediction. But the fact that Jay Glazer is even saying that is bad news for Dave Gettleman, Danny. Yeah, you, you, you could say it's bad news because Jay Glazer, when you, as you said, when he does says something, you gotta take, you gotta listen to it. Obviously, he wasn't saying Dave Gellman is gonna be fired, but I, I, I think we're both in agreement on this. I don't think we we see Dave Gellman being fired mainly because he has done so much work to this team. I think it would be stupid to fire him now, especially with the trades he's done. It's just the pick, the picks he's done. I don't think it's worth it firing him. I mean, I, I look at Jerry Reese. Yes, I know he won two Super Bowls, but pretty much after twenty, like like after twenty eleven, he did nothing for us. But they kept Jerry Reese, so I think they're gonna give Dave Gellman the benefit of the doubt until like they know that they have no hope because this team is still a building right now for Dave Gellman, and I truly believe we just need to find the coach to get these guys going. The problem, Danny, is I think John Mary listens to the fans. I think he listens to, and we are fans, so I'm not like saying that like as like a, a derogatory way. And you know, we have opinions, and you know, we try to be right with our opinions. But as the old saying goes, you know, if uh, if you listen to the fans, you'll be one of them. So I, it's, I think John Mary listens to the fans, and and you know, there's they write letters, people write letters to the Maras, and then they send stuff back, and they signed it personally and stuff like that. So. I don't know. The fact that, you know, by now, like Jake Glazer should say, like, um, like Dave Gettleman is most likely going to be in. Pat Schirmer probably going to be out. Not that, yeah, like, I'm not so sure. So to me, it just, the fact that he hasn't had that vote of confidence yet is just, it's bad news for Dave Gettleman. Now, I do want Dave Gettleman to stay. And this was the thought I had in my head today because, you know, obviously this came out and you start thinking about GM and whatnot. And listen, I don't know anything, like, and we, I, I said this today as well, Danny, that we don't know. We don't really know anything about G, like future GMs unless they've been a GM already because there's nothing to judge them off. All you have is who they've worked with and what people in the business say about them, and that doesn't make a guy good at his job. But basically what I'm saying is GMs come in and clean the house. Gettleman did it with Reese's guys. I mean, he got rid of everybody from Mark Herzlick to like every like everybody. He got you know everybody out of here besides like Dallin Thompson and Evan Ingram. I think you're like the only two guys remaining. Um, you know, besides like Eli and those guys. This is why I, I don't think Dave Gettleman should go. Because I said, I've in my head, I thought of a lot of players that it would stuck if the next GM moved on from those guys. So I, I think that speaks to Dave Gettleman. And we've talked about this team is very young. They play the most rookies in the NFL by far. They, they're not the youngest team because, you know, you have guys like Zach Diossi and and Eli Manning like bumping the age up. But this team is very young. And I, I think there is a lot of potential. And uh, Daniel Jones means something. Him picking Daniel Jones means something. The quarterback position is the most important position 
and he got that right. Like, and not just like picking number one, the the easy number one pick. Like taking a chance when everyone told him he was stupid. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, right, what, when you said right there. GM's coming clean house. Dave Gullman has done too much to this team, and this team is still in the building phase to get rid of him now. As I said, it'd be detrimental to the Giants. So I, I think Dave Gullman, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. I, to be quite honest with you, I think Dave Gullman's probably going to be around like for at least maybe the next two years, maybe two, three years, because uh, there's still so much to be done with this team. It would be unfair to fire him now because – the players are in place. We just need to get the right coaches to get the best out of them. And like, I I, I like Pat Shermer. Like, I I like the higher end. I still like him as just a like a regular guy. If I saw him out on the street, I wouldn't have any hate against him. But I'm just not a fan of his coaching. And that was a miss by Dave Gellman. But look at now. I know people are gonna be like, "Got oh, the trades," but like I know people are bashing like the Leonard Williams trade. But look, he traded Eli Apple to the Saints, and Eli Apple's doing nothing over there. Dave Gellman got a decent return for Eli Apple. Snacks Harrison, I don't know who we drafted with that draft pick when we traded for him, but Snacks hasn't been blowing anyone away in Detroit. The only like the free agency signs are missed. Let us someone like Devon Kennard go. That that hasn't. People see that as a bad uh, decision because he's doing well with the line. So Dave Gellman, he's he's had hits, he has misses, but I'm sorry. Look at his draft record. There, there's good guys there. Heck, Dave Gellman, him and the Panthers went 15 and one in what 2015. There, you gotta believe that he is the right guy. It's just you gotta give it time because unfortunately, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it's it's a process to get to where teams are today, and the Giants are building that youth movement. And it's only a matter of time before this team breaks out. Yeah. Like you said, Danny, there's a lot of young guys. And you know what? We, do we want to be the Browns? Do we want to fire the GM, the coach, every two years? I'm telling you, even if we don't fire Gellman and we fire Shermer, we're becoming the Browns. Let's be our fourth coach in, what, six years? It's it's sad. And it's silly that the Giants are in this situation. Like Stability is important. Now, I don't I don't think you should like be keep stability just for the sake of saying you're you have stability. Um, but like stability matters and the Giants just don't have any of it right now. And it's, it sucks that we're in this situation, Danny. And speaking of all these young players, not a single one of them is going to the pro bowl. That's sad. That really is sad. Now Saquon and Riley Dixon are alternates, but it's sad that I was looking forward to going to the pro bowl in Orlando and I don't get to see any New York Giants. That's the first time since 1966, Danny. I mean, we can't say we're surprised. The Giants... It shows to one where the Giants are. No one cares about our players, and two, I mean that that's just the main thing. People don't care about our players. Now we got guys that, in my opinion, should have maybe been there. I mean, Darius Slayton having a good rookie year. Riley Dixon, he's the alternate, so I at least agree that with that. I'm not. I'm not sure who the punters are. I think it's. I don't know who they are. Well, but. the punters go. So like, unless a punter gets seriously hurt. No, I'm or talking like Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Super, that, that's what I'm talking about. So I don't know like what punters are in there right now, or at least the NFC's punters or what NFC we, punters. Like, I don't want to go see watch Riley Dixon either, though. Like that, bro. Mockman hits bombs. You got to be impressed with specialties, Bob. The only way I'd be excited about that is if we're able to get an interview with them. Punters are people too. Hashtag for the brand. Yeah, but th- I don't care about them. I don't care about wow. for the brand. Okay. They they bore me. I'm not. Okay. Wow. Riley Dixon okay. never excites me. 
Whoa. All right. That Tennessee game last year, when that fake punt that he wasn't meant to be a fake, but my man Riley Dixon said, screw it, I'm taking it myself, and he picked up that first down, but we did nothing with that. He did, uh, he did have a nice throw to Cody Latimer in Denver, and it led to a great question by me. Um, okay, I'm looking at last year's because Alger Grossos is the kicker, and that sure as hell is not. Yeah, no, 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 um, So, whatever. I don't care. I don't care about who the punches are anyways. Wow. So, yeah, wow. It, 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 it is pretty sad, though. Oh, no, it, it is sad. Don't get me wrong. I think Peppers would have made it if he stayed healthy. Uh, 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 I don't know. He, he hasn't. He hasn't done anything miraculous, in my opinion. That's true. I, I guess he's kind of one of the guys where it's like we see him doing really good things, but like he doesn't have like a bunch of sacks or interceptions, so he probably yeah. wouldn't have made. But in my mind, I, I would have been like Jabril like, Peppers should. Like the bandwagoners are all on the Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, you know, big trust thing. I mean that that that's where the bandwagon movement is right now. They got like twelve players going to the Pro Bowl. I thought a healthy Daniel Jones would have made that as alternate, to be honest, though. Eh, nah, because the fumbles and people, you know, Danny Dines, who was good for that one game, but then after that, they're like, Danny Dines, more like Danny fumbles, am I right? Please like my tweet. Um, But yeah, no, I, I think, but there's so many alternates in the Pro Bowl that I just feel like he would have got in there somehow, especially at the QB position. None of the QBs show up. Like Mitchell Trubisky was in it last year. Yeah, I, I personally didn't see because Danny Jones doesn't have that respect. And I'm sorry, he doesn't got the respect. Heck, yeah. Thomas Shea, he, he wants the Giants to draft another quarterback. That just you know, shows the little respect. We're just we're not even going to mention Todd McShay's name on the show anymore because that's how stupid he is. Uh, all right, so we have other stuff to get to, the Evan Ingram stuff like that, but we, there's, we're going we're gonna to cover all that mailbag. So people are like, why aren't you talking about that? Covering the mailbag. Let's do some film cleanup. Let's start, let's start on the defensive side. And we'll start with a little positive. Julian Love, man, he went out and made plays. Now, there's like bad plays and coverage he had and man against tight ends. But nonetheless, he made some plays. He had tackles for losses, big hits. He had blown up blockers on blitzes. Julian Love, man, and we talked about this. We've been talking about this for a long time. Like, get him in there and let him play. Let him go out there and make plays even if he makes mistakes. He has looked awesome out there. Oh, yeah, Julian Love has looked great. I mean, Antoine Buffet is probably looking next to him. He's like, damn, that's a guy that's going to be kicking me off this team next year. Julian Love, he's been so fun to watch and it's just a relief to finally see him get the opportunities because we've both been saying we want to see him at the safety position. Obviously, we wanted to see him next to Jabril Peppers, but I'm just happy to see him out there and see him making good plays on that that fourth down play. He made a big stop to, or he at least slowed down the running back and allowed Dalvin Thompson to help him finish it off in the Eagles game last week. He made that another fourth down stop, which led to the fumble. So Julie Love, he's making plays out there. And he found his home at safety. Once again, this defense is a youth movement, and it's good to get these guys their snaps now. Julian Love, because we know what we're going to get with him next year when we put him in Jabril Peppers. Jabril, that's strong. Julian, at three. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Williams, he stuck out to me. He made some really big plays. Although, the, the, the Dolphins' offensive line is really bad. Like, they're just not – Dolphins are a really bad team, so I don't want to get – It was I, nice I, to I, win, but let's, let's not get, like, overhyped. Like hey, hey we're, we're, we're the same. We're the same record. We're the same yeah. record. So let's pretend we're, this was a huge game for us, Bobby. It, right. oh, I know that was a huge game, but the Dolphins team. I mean, look what the Browns did to the Dolphins. No, nah, they're a great team. You got Fitzmagic, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson. That's all I can name. Guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're horrible. Uh, and who else was horrible? Alec Ogletree. Man, we talked about him. How bad he was. 
watching the film, he looked even worse. He got blown up in the run game, couldn't get off blocks, he couldn't do anything. He was horrible in coverage. I don't think there's any way he's back on this team because he's just not good at all. And, like, what are you going to do? Have him as the third-string linebacker, making 10 mil? They got to get someone in here to play next to Connolly. And, 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 don't, and don't tell me David Mayo because he's not good either. Although he did have <laughs> his best play of the year. Now, now see, I, when we first made this trade, I was a fan of it because we needed linebacker help. And he wasn't this bad in, in uh, L.A. But it's like, wow, he, he is – He's terrible. And I've seen people throwing around the name. I think if I'm looking at the correct position, I believe it's Isaiah Simmons. I could be wrong, but I believe they named him as a linebacker. I, we're Obviously, we still have our pre-draft stuff to do. But uh, I, if the Giants say Chase Young does declare, I'm not, I'm not saying he won't, or say by some miracle the Bengals say, screw it, we're taking Chase. I, I think linebacker is probably the biggest need for this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I wouldn't be mind drafting a linebacker in the first round. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a like people get on like the don't draft running backs for them. I'm like a big don't draft middle linebackers early. In right, it, it is Isaiah Simmons. He's a linebacker from Clemson. I just learned yeah. that, so maybe you knew. Yeah, uh, I mean I don't know much about him, but I do know his name. Uh, but everyone says he's good, so he must be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how that works, right? Yeah, pretty much. That that is everyone's draft knowledge at this point in the year. No, there's some there's some college diehards. Don't get me wrong, I'm just not one of them. I don't really watch college football. Trying to see his oh. stats. I'm sorry. Uh, 139 tackles. Um, yeah, no, 227 total tackles. 26 and a half for a loss. Oh no, that's his uh, career. That's career. My that's gotta be I was like, Jesus, this guy's good. 93 total tackles. 14 and a half for loss. Seven sacks, two interceptions this year for Clemson. That's, That's huge for a middle linebacker. I know. Drafting first overall, I don't care. Oh, oh, oh. this is interesting. He played safety in the beginning part of his career all the way up until last year. Oh, you, Danny, you know me. That has me sold. If a guy changes his position, I'm completely sold on a guy. So Isaiah Simmons for <laughs> first overall. You got um, sold on Tay Davis because of that. Yeah, you'll learn uh, the corner for the Raiders, Isaiah Johnson out of the University of Houston. I'm a big believer in that guy because he played wide receiver for two years. Any guy that changes position, I really just fall in love with. Um, I will say, I, I don't think there's much I want to cover on the offense. Um, Slayton, man, the Giants, the Giants had a lot of time to throw the ball. One, because the Dolphins' defense is so bad and they rush four and drop back. Um, but Slayton, like that gave him opportunities to make like double moves. Dude, as good as Slayton's bid, he can be that much better with an offensive line. It's it's unreal to see him beat guys when you know there's you know four or five seconds in a pocket. I saw someone was tweeting me like we still need to find like a true number one right wide receiver. But after rewatching tape, I'm like I feel like they Slayton could be the number one wide receiver. I'm being honest with you. The guy's got the talent. Yeah, we 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 saw it in the uh, when we were looking at his tape. We're like, this guy, he has something. But then, obviously, in the beginning parts, we were nervous because it sounded like he was dropping passes. But then training camp came around. He turned it around. We had to wait all the way until Jones made his debut to finally see him because he was injured. And Darius Slayton, he's making a name for himself. And, heck, he might have caught Eli Manning's last touchdown. He definitely caught his last touchdown at MetLife Stadium. But he may have also just caught Eli Manning's last touchdown in general. So that that's something big right there. Yeah. All right, Danny. Do you do you have any last like final film thoughts or anything before we we move on to mailbag? We're gonna cover a lot in mailbag. Uh no. I think just 
This team, this team seems so relieved to get a win, especially Pat Shermer. I, I think at this point, Pat Shermer just wanted a win. I, obviously, he doesn't want to get fired, but like I think he, at least he knows he got a win, and it was just that good feeling. And Pat Shermer just seemed like a totally different guy talking to the media. So it, it was this team needed a win just to taste victory, and and hell, we needed a win because <laughs> it reached a point. Yeah, it was it was so nice, and I was I was glad to be there for it. All right, Danny, let's take a break, and we'll move on to mailbag. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, thanks, Steve, from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. The first question comes from Matt Carson at plug underscore bankrupt. He asks, what do you guys think the Giants need to do with Evan Ingram? Trade him, let him walk, keep him, or move him the wire series to potentially see if he can stay healthy there? Personally, I think we need to keep him for the development of DJ. I think that one, you, that, that, literally that last part right there is the main reason why I want to keep him. Daniel Jones, he loves his tight end at Duke, and I could totally see that relationship continuing here. And I'm sorry if you're saying trade Evan Ingram, like that—that's your viewpoint. Uh, you're 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 not look at the long-term picture. Evan Ingram has so much untapped potential. Yes, he gets injured, but like you put his stats up, Bobby. I'm gonna ask you to read his out when I get to you there in a second. Because through these eight games, he was he was doing decent, and he was on pace to having a good year. So Evan Ingram, he's so, I, I'm not sure, like, maybe moving the wide receiver, maybe that's the move, but I would personally keep him at tight end because he's a matchup nightmare for linebackers. And, I mean, this foot sprain, unfortunately, he just couldn't get over it. It happened in the Dallas game. He, it's not his fault he gets injuries. People are, like, blaming him somehow. It's, like, it's not that his fault. These injuries are freak, and, unfortunately, he just catches the injury bug. And when, when he stays healthy for one full year, I, his opinions will change on Evan Ingram, and everyone will be clamoring for him to get a contract extension. But as you said, he's, he's not going to be anywhere near in the position. But he's still got two years left. But say, like, this keeps up, there's no way he's going to be getting big money on the open market. So the Giants could still bring him back for probably a decent deal. But I'm not all for trading Evan Ingram. Yeah, let, let's, let me start with layers of this. One, the, the idea to move the wide receiver. I just don't buy into that. Uh, it's been talked about for two years now. I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. He is not, like you said, he's not the matchup nightmare at wide receiver that he is a tight end. Um, like, do we know if he can run, like, the full route here on the outside? He can, no, he can run some plays from, like, the, the slot, which he does. But do you, like, have him running the full route tree? And then do you want him playing slot when you have Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard? Like, I, I don't know if that fits. Um, like you said, he is the, the matchup nightmare at tight end. Two, you can't trade him. So trade him would be silly because you're not going to get anything back. If you, if you told me you're going to get a second rounder, maybe – but even then, I, I don't know. Like, the guy is that talented. Uh, and you have two years left on his contract. So, if you, like, you can trade him next year. If you realize you're not going to sign him long term, you can trade him next year. And he has, no, he has no leverage right now. He can't come to the table and say, I need a new contract. He's only played in 60% of the games in the last two seasons. He has, nothing, he has no type of leverage. Um, but, like, when he is on the field, um, and I, I understand availability is the best ability. But yeah, he is a playmaker. He is a game changer for this team. Through the first five games, was which when he was healthy, and then he caught the injury bug, like you said, after that, and and didn't was never really healthy after that. 
He had 33 catches, 375 yards, and two touchdowns. That's uh, on that pace. That would have been uh, 100 plus catches, 1200 yards, six touchdowns. Like he would have been our Pro Bowl guy. Um, and he was the guy I picked for the Giants to go to the Pro Bowl. In fact, I need to go back and check our, my my Pro Bowl pick for the Giants. Um, he would have been a Pro Bowler. So it's it sucks that he stays injured. Um, hope he can stay healthy. But it's just to me, trading him just doesn't make sense at this point. Um, you know, he did go to the IR this week. But trading him just doesn't make sense because I don't think you're going to get anything back. Um, now, yeah, can you, like, could we trade to him for a fourth-round pick and turn that into Ryan Collins or something? Yeah. But let's be real. Like, that is a huge risk. Like, as much as I love those fourth-round, fifth-round picks, I love those guys. I love finding those guys. It's also, like, like it's not – there's no, like, guarantee. Just because Dave Gellman is a good drafter doesn't mean he's going to hit in every fourth, fifth-round guy. It's just, it's just very unlikely that he'll do that. So, yeah, I, I'm all for the keep Evan Ingram, um, even though, like, it is aggravating. And But, like, like look at Caden Smith's numbers, Danny. Like, his last five games look like one really good Evan Ingram game. Like, as much as I like him, he's nowhere near the kind of player that Evan Ingram is. Just said it right there. Titan is the least of our worries right now. Because you know Evan Ingram's good when he's out there. He's a game changer for you. You're telling me you that opens up another position that we need to fix because we already need help. At linebacker, uh, we need help at – we still need – we need – they probably got draft defensive line help. We need a right tackle most likely. You're going to have to look at the future of left tackle. Tight end is not a position of worry right now, and I don't want to get caught up. Because, once again, he's just so talented, but unfortunately the injury bug, it just caught up to him. And it, we just got to hope that he can get over it and just stay healthy for a full year. Next question comes from – uh, Dread XCII. He asked, I saw Bobby mention maybe trying Nick Gates at center. I'm interested in the idea. Do you think he could be the Kevin Booth of this line? Can play serviceable at each spot? Well, yeah, that would be. Uh, they say Nick Gates can play at every position on the offensive line. So the Giants have high hope for Nick Gates. Bobby, uh, talk more about your thoughts on Nick Gates at center. Uh, Nick Gates played an amazing game. Like he was the most oppressive offensive lineman in the two NFL games he's played. He's been the most oppressive offensive lineman on the field for his team. And now we've seen him at guard as well as tackle. Do I think he could be a really good tackle? Yeah, I do. But it would be a huge question mark going into 2020. Like I wouldn't be confident. Like, oh, we got right tackle figured out. We got Nick Gates um, with guard. Kevin Zeitler and Will Hernandez are guards. I don't see either of those guys moving on the center. Definitely not Hernandez. Maybe you could put Zeitler there, uh, but I just, I don't know. A guy who's been playing guard for his whole career, it'd be weird to move him to center. Nick Gage practices as center. So, I, you know, we've never seen him play center, but it's an easier position than tackle. Um, he seems to be very cerebral. And, I, you know, I'm going to do my Sports Illustrated piece this week will be on Nick Gates again. Like, he is very cerebral. The guy is really smart. He makes amazingly heady plays. So, and he's like a good puller. You could pull at center. I think putting him at the center would be, like, the right thing to do and going and getting that tackle. Um, but, like like I said, I, I would be excited about him at tackle, but um, I would it would be a question mark for me going to 2020. But he's been really impressive. Um, my guy, Richard B., I forget his uh, his handle. Um, I'll look it up right now. He made the point because uh, instead of the uh, at cool, cool ain't cool ain't cool ain't hero, uh, he made the point that maybe not even the Kevin like Kevin Booth, the David Deal of this offensive lineman, and that gets me excited. 
man. Yeah, because I, I personally wouldn't mind him being at right tackle because I want someone. Uh, how, how can I word this correctly? I, I, I like Calapio at center, but I think we need someone with like a little bit more. I don't know. I just I I I would. He's not the guy. He's yeah, serviceable, he's guy. but he's just not the guy. Yeah, I need I need someone serviceable to be there. Daniel Jones that could call out plays just as well as Sean O'Hara did. Heck, Weston Richburg was good at center. I'm still bummed that didn't work out with Weston Richburg. But yeah, so I, I like Nick Gates. I would personally have him at right tackle because that's the position where because we don't need guards, we need right tackle most likely because Kevin Remmer, Kevin Remmers, Mike Remmers. I don't see him being brought back. Well, I would. I think he'll get signed somewhere else. Next question comes from Jeff Boyd at underscore the Boyd Wonder. He asked you. He asked, "Do you guys think retaining both Golden and Williams is necessary for the defense to be successful next year?" Williams is the yes. You Williams, we need to bring back Williams, especially him and Dallin Tom- him Dallin Tomlinson. I remember before we were talking about like him and Dexter Lawrence. I know nah, it's Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. Uh, and Dalvin Thomason, those are the three guys right there. Golden, we he's been mainly successful under James Betcher, so we have to take into account what would he be maybe uh, next year when James Betcher is gone, because I doubt James Betcher would be is going to get brought back. But someone I'm trying to find out who off who brought up the idea, but it was uh, Yannick. Uh, I don't want to say his last name, but Yannick Nangaku. We gotta he's learn someone, his name for free agency. Yeah. You know, I've got to like, like literally, like I'm a UFC fan. Like when I see someone's name that like really hard to pronounce, I study how to pronounce that name. So like when I'm saying it, I sound like I'm a smart guy. So I would, because he's had a good year down in Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure that's where he is. I wouldn't mind him being brought in. Plus he's younger than Golden. So Yannick Nangaku, I wouldn't mind him being on here. Now I got to find out who brought up that idea. So Bobby, what's your thoughts I, on? I that? think it was Jeff Boyd. Um, was it Leonard, Jeff Boyd? Yeah, uh, Leonard Williams. I definitely think is one for optics because of that trade. Um, and you know what? Like, and I've said this over and over again, Leonard, I'm glad William Williams on this football team, but the trade looks bad when you could have just went out and, and overpaid to get him in the in free agency. And you might have to do that anyways, even though maybe they pull some kind of steal, but like how much, how much you like, I'd rather have those picks than save the 5 million in cap. So I don't expect us to be huge cap spenders anyways. Um, I think the biggest thing would be keeping it to three years. That being said, uh, Leonard Williams, you got to bring him back. Marcus Golden, and I I don't like saying this because I love Marcus Golden. Like, I really do. He's not, like, a game changer at defensive end. He plays really well. He plays with a high motor. He takes advantage of guys, and he takes advantage of his opportunities and gets sacks. And he's been the biggest playmaker on this defense um, besides Jabril Peppers. And Peppers obviously hasn't been out there lately. But he's not a must-bring-back. And if you're changing to a 4-3, he becomes kind of an undersized guy over there. Um, you can always, you know, keep a linebacker on, on the over, but then, you, you know, team's game plan against that. Uh, Marcus Golden, I'd love to bring him back. But if if he's demanding a big number in free agency, like, don't expect him to, like, don't be don't be alarmed if he's a guy that's not brought back. Although with all the cap space, I don't see the Giants going out and being, like, insane. So, uh, you know, he could be a guy that, that walks. But I, I'd love to have him part of the team. I, I really like Marcus Golden as a guy and as a, as a player. Uh, the guy that brought up the Nangaku thing was uh, at D Rivera two two six seven. So he was the one that got that idea. Oh. That idea in my mind now. Uh, next question comes from I had to 
go out of the questions here for a second. Next question comes from the Gaza at Gazman Superstar. He asked, I know it's early, but if we pick after the Redskins that Chase Young has already gone in the draft, what position and or player do we draft first? Andrew Thomas at offensive tackle or Derek Brown at defensive tackle are my current early choices. I mean, Dave Gellman loves them hog mollies, as he you, says. You got another defensive tackle for the loser mind as well. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like Derek Brown, and I see why you like him, but there— if we draft a defensive tackle, especially at the number two spot, say we don't trade up and say everything stays the same, I would then consider firing Dave Gallen because there's you don't draft another defensive tackle. Uh, I think you would go... I love Andrew Thomas. I yeah, really I, I know you do. I, I just... I, I truly believe we need a, a linebacker. And if I sit dependent on Isaiah Simmons, I'm, I'm going to have to look at his tape. But the guy's stats are impressive. So I'm going to be taking a look at Isaiah Simmons. But I think if he's there, I think you got to go him. Because you can still find a good offensive tackle in the second round. They they, oh, they slip between you're cracks. You're crazy. No, I'm no, not you cra- got to go get Andrew Thomas. I'm a big Andrew Thomas fan. In fact, uh, I know we're on the Chase Young train. But a blessing in disguise could be trading back and getting Andrew Thomas. That could be unbelievable. Um, if we're able to get like go back and gain assets and get our, our tackle on Andrew Thomas. I watched, you know, I went and in the in the summer and, and rewatched the the SEC championship game from last year to just watch him. He was the best player on that field. He neutralized anything Alabama did uh, on his side. He's a beast. So for for me, it's got to be Andrew Thomas, um, and just having that tackle position figured out would be amazing. And you know what? Like you get a QB, you build around that QB. I may be underestimating him because I'll be quite honest. I don't know much about Andrew Thomas. I don't know much about many of these players right now. The only guys I know about are Chase Young because of you. Yeah, are you telling me you haven't been zeroed in on the offensive tackle for Georgia every Saturday? <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm a disgrace. That's what can I say? But it sounds like I'm underestimating this guy because it sounds like people love him. And it's, I, I think everybody's like a top 10 offensive tackle. So I'm going to have to do my research on Andrew Thomas this offseason. Next question, but I'm also I'm all for traded back if Chase Young is gone. Uh, next question comes from Gettleman's Guardian Angel at Giant Dreamin. He has I say bring everyone back for one more year to finish what they started and groom in our un uh, unrestricted free agents and four fifth and sixth round starters that they came in on draft to free agents. It's always been about a 2021 championship for me. What do you guys think? Dave Gellman, yes. Pat Shermer, I, I, I just can't do it. I, I've seen he's just not the head coach of material. He's an offensive coordinator at most. That's the most I see him being. We need to get the right coach in here to bring out these guys because, yes, maybe it's always been about 2021. And don't get me wrong, Pat Shermer, he has not lost his locker room. This, the, the locker room respects Pat Shermer. The only way I feel confident at all of bringing it back, Pat Shermer, is one, if he just gets a new coach staff in general. He stops calling plays, and he just focuses on being a head coach. I think that is just too much for him just to focus on the offensive position. I think he just needs to take a look at the team as a whole. And just it, if they do keep Pat Sherman, which seems like like 0% chance, he needs to clean house and just get everyone new in, except special team coordinator, because that's like our best coach at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't know, honestly. I, I lean towards bringing Gedwin back. Shermer, I'm undecided. Um, and there's a question about that. I guess I can expand more. Um, listen, I've been a Shermer defender, but I'm, you know, I'm it's scrolling thin. There's other guys out there that could possibly be the right fit. Now I am Come a big to the dark side. 
No, I, I'll answer. We have another question coming up about it. I'll, I'll answer it more definitively in that. But I, I'll say, I'll say you bring Gettleman back. Although, you know, bringing Gettleman back and not bringing in a guy like Rivera, like then you just it's hard. It'd be hard to trust Gettleman because then Gettleman becomes desperate. Even though they'll probably be desperate anyways because of all these rumors that are going on right now. And that's what sucks about a team like us that has no stability right now. Well, let's get to that next question from Adberquiv. He has your ideal head coach for next year. I, I've been saying it. I'm all for an outside-the-box guy. If that means Matt Rule, Matt Rule, I'll take him. I'm telling you, I'm a fan of Robert Sala. I'll, I'll die on that tr- train until he sucks. I will die on that hill. Bobby, I know you're a fan of Rivera. So, Primo, is, is it for you, Rivera or nothing? Is that what it is? That's one yeah, of- it's for me, it's Rivera or Shermer. It, it, it really is. Um, Matt Rule, I just... I don't know. It's hard for me to buy into that hype train. Robert Salah, it's, I don't know. I, I see he has amazing pieces in San Francisco, and their defense wasn't good last year. They just added Nick Bosa. Um, so, like, I just I don't look at that and be like, wow, he turned it around. It's like, no, the kind of the players turned it around. Um, now, there could be some, like, Frank Reich type candidate out there that we don't know about right now or, like, it's just not on our radar. But for me, it's got to be Rivera or Shermer. Um, and I think those are the two guys you can bring back Gettleman with, be, back with and be somewhat comfortable. Um, but it just sucks that we're in this desperation mode and, and Gettleman will feel desperate. Um, the fact that like the, that the Giants are drawing this out, that if they were going to bring Gettleman back, they should have told him by now. Like, listen, dude, we're bringing you back. Don't like, don't worry about this. If like, like give us your honest evaluation on Shermer. Don't just throw Shermer under the bus because it thinks it saves your job. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a team that is in disarray, dysfunction, um, inconsistent, and we're becoming, we're becoming the way the Browns did things, the things we mocked the Browns for, for firing coaches every year, every other year, firing the GM every other year. It's a bad situation to be in. Um, and the Browns still haven't figured that crap out, like as much as talent as they have on that team. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of depressed on the whole situation as a whole. Um, there's a lot of players on this team I'm excited about, but the coaching staff, the GM, it's just, you know, I'm ready for Black Monday. Not because I want somebody gone or not because of I want someone here. It's just because I just want to know. I don't, I'm tired of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Let's make it cl- very clear first. We, 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 don't, we hate having to talk about this. We hate knowing that coaches are going to be losing their jobs. We respect Pat Shermer. We, we we like to hire at least I, I know I like to hire and I'm pretty sure you like to hire when it first happened. I could be wrong, tell me if I'm wrong. But we change is needed. And I'm with you. Uh Black Monday, as a sucky day as it is for these coaches, it's a day we'll get answers to figure out where this franchise is going. Because if they keep Shermer, then he's got one year to make it make it to stand. And it's gonna be interesting to see what happens on Black Monday because I, I don't know what could save Sherman's job at this point. Maybe beating the Eagles, if the Eagles are in contention for the playoffs, maybe that'll be enough to save his job. I think and, Shermer's done. I, I think it's kind of a done deal. I, 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 and if I he is coming back, I don't think these games really affect it, to be honest. No, yeah, I, I think he's done as well, but I, I do want to know, do the Giants, will they? Uh, I think they're just going to look at everything and be like, he's just unfortunately not the guy. Next question comes from... Young B at Mall Season 11, he asked, besides the turnovers, what is one thing 
Daniel Jones really needs to work on this offseason. Also, what would you say his number one attribute moving forward is? Someone responded his haircut and game day fits. Like, why are you coming at my man Daniel Jones' hair and his game day fits like that? My man Daniel Jones rocks the outfits he wears every uh, Sunday. My man's hair, I support his hair. All right? Don't come at our quarterback's outfit choice like that. That guy has a douchey tattoo, too. And he's got a weird picture. You need to get your fit right, weirdo. We get it, dude. You work out. You probably do creatine, weirdo. Even though it's <laughs> that weird, I guess. But I don't know. This guy came in my guy, so I got I to gotta come back at him over the top. He may like, be a nice guy, but you don't come He's flexing about being in the mail truck. I mean, kind of weird. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's a very respectable job. It's, it's very yeah. well paid. You get benefits. It's actually a good job. Um, but I, like I said, you come in my guy, I'm going to have to come over the top and, make, and just come, like, pick at everything, anything I can. You have a weird tattoo, dude. And you have wrist <laughs> on both arms. <laughs> Weirdo. But uh, besides the turnover, what's one thing he has to do? I think he just has to. One, th- I, I I think it's and, just then, and then and then this weirdo. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, the guy who just read an article says, "Grady for read coverage. Two shell coverage really messed him up versus Arizona <laughs> because that's not he'll be fine." It's not. Like, dude, you just read that dumb article by Frisco Josh that we we disprove on this very program. So. Get out of here, dude. Crazy <laughs> craft beer. Yeah, that makes Bobby, sense. Man, Bobby, take a shot if you come out of our quarterback. But I, I think personally, pocket awareness, sometimes he's just so, like, oblivious every once in a while when he's in the pocket. Or, and it, no, you know what? I take that back. Jones, he wants – he only goes for – not only, but he wants the big plays. If he, if he doesn't get the big play, he will hold on to that ball for too long. He needs to know when to give up on a play – when to check down on a play, and when to throw it deep. He's a rookie. He wants to make the big plays. Don't get me wrong. If I was in his shoes, I'd want to be chucking it deep all the time. But it, it, it's just going to be – he's just going to have to learn to uh, just give up on a play every once in a while, just check it down or throw it away. For me, it's pocket manipulation. And that's going to help him be more successful with the deep plays and, and have more opportunities with the big plays. If you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, like Drew Brees, that is where – they are the most elite. That's where they separate themselves from everybody. The way that they manipulate themselves in the pocket, the way that they shuffle. I'm not talking about sprinting out and making a throw on the run. That stuff's all well and good. But moving within the pocket, seeing where a guy's getting beat, you step up, you step to the left, you step to the right, all while having your eyes downfield. That is what makes guys elite. And that's where Daniel Jones has struggled at times, where he, he kind of finds his landing spot in the pocket. And granted, it's nice that he has his eyes downfield, but it gets him from the trouble with the fumbles that even are on, like, Nate's shoulder uh, with sacks. Whereas, you know, if he steps up in the pocket more, does, you know, certain things different, he could have bought himself an extra half second and had that play downfield. So, for me, it's got to be pocket manipulation. So, I, I would say that is his biggest thing. Um, and his number one attribute Accuracy would probably be like the biggest thing. Dan, I kind of want to just say like who he is as a guy, like that hardworking guy who keeps his mouth shut, doesn't isn't going to say anything stupid, and just like is going to grind to be the best at his position. There's only a few guys that do that in the NFL. I'm telling you, like like guys talk about it. Everyone they they do the first man in the building, last man out, and a lot of guys do do that. But being the first guy in doesn't win you. Being the first guy in and doing something with that time and do, making the most out of that time, studying film the right way, not just studying film, but studying film the right way, 
bringing stuff from the film room to the practice field. That is the kind of stuff that separates good from great and great from legend. And I'm telling you, man, I really think this kid has legend ability. To be honest, that was not the answer I expected. I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say accuracy, and I was gonna be like, "Yeah, Bobby, I agree with you." But then he went. I was like, "Damn, you're just preaching out here." I would say accuracy because the guy, his ball placement is incredible. But Bobby, yeah, that is like the the thing you can see his accuracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I totally agree with you though. He 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 seems like the guy that he's gonna take the few weeks off, but then he's just gonna get back at the gym. He's gonna start throwing the football again. Jones, he, he's a gamer. And he's not gonna stop. He he saw what Eli got on Sunday, and he wants that to happen to him. Sixteen seasons from now, he wants to have that feeling, knowing that he made a difference for this team, and that he earned the respect of this whole city. That's what he wants. I think that that's what every player wants. But him seeing that as a rookie, that's gonna motivate him to become even better. I wonder what was going through his head as that happened, being like, "Wow, this is this is like everyone who was there is like this is a pretty amazing moment." And a season that was lost, like he saw how bad the season was. The season, you know, us fans like show how much we love Eli, how much we care about Eli. Um, I want, I, I, that's a good point you make, Danny. It's like, how does he, how does he look at that and think, like, Mary, I would love for me to be in this situation 15 years from now. Well, he showed no emotions on the sideline. Let's make that clear. And against the Dolphins, because Tom Coffin's yeah. last one was against the Dolphins. Eli's possible last one was against the Dolphins. So we need Daniel Jones' last one to be against the Dolphins. <laughs> it just all comes full circle. Final question comes from Kevin with a very confusing ad. It's at K3V1N760. That's an ad right there. Clearly, I don't think Kevin was available. Uh, he asked, Barkley hasn't been the same since he was <laughs> a bigger back at 233. Because he lost weight, would that possibly cause him to endure more injuries easier, or is his offseason preparation not allowing him to make more punishment? Well, I'm I'm just like the ankle is a freak injury. That's what that's my yeah. answer to that question. No, it was a freak injury. I'm just seeing my man in his profile picture. I don't know what he's lifted, but my man's getting at it in the gym. But um, I think yeah, the ankle's injury are so freak. Like it just happened. And then you don't like sometimes severity is it's like a weak thing, or then sometimes in Barkley's cases it's much longer, but he rushed it. I don't think his preparation was bad. I just, as you said, it's a freak injury. I, there, there's nothing you can do about an ankle injury because, like, uh, look at Jones. Like, yeah, he had an ankle injury. Yeah, what he had a high ankle sprain or something like that. Jones is gonna be out probably maybe the same time as Barkley. It's just each one heals differently, and unfortunately, he rushed it back and it didn't heal until I say at least last week against the Eagles on Monday night. That's one. I don't uh, think Saquon should lift a weight for the rest of his life. I do. I believe lifting weights causes injuries. I do. Uh, I, don't have any, man, I don't have any science behind that, but I, I truly believe lifting weights causes injuries. Um, so. Saquon never lift another weight. Do just do body weight stuff. I'm not even like that's not even like, trying to be funny. Like I truly believe that. I could. I'm sure there's gonna be people who are like you're a moron for saying that. But that is just kind of like my like like just like I've seen things happen and I observe and that just has my brain. I've always just seen the guys who lift the most, especially in season, seem to be the guys that are always hurt. That's why in college we were always down to our third-string middle linebacker. It's because our middle linebacker is like, I'm going to max out today after a Tuesday practice. It's like, hey, man, why don't you not do that? Why don't you just watch <laughs> films working out that like that crazy? That's why our defense was full of injuries and our offense wasn't. And they'd be like, oh, the offense, you guys never work out. It's like, yeah. And guess what? We're carrying this freaking team. Anyways, Danny, I'm not mad. 
Clearly, Ogletree does a lift anyway. <laughs> Bad joke right there. Uh, that's all the questions we got, Bobby. Bobby. That's his problem. He lifts too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's all the questions we got, Bobby. But before we do the little sign-off thing, uh, vote, uh, retweet every tweet you see Nate Solder for Walter Payne Man of the Year. Let's get him that reward. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this, how it's, it's always weird, like, going at players for their play. When it's like they're human beings, like they're going through things just like we go through things. I mean, could you imagine just random people coming at your job? And I get that they're paid a lot of money and they're paid to be in the public eye, but it does suck. Um, and I, I think here at Talking Giants, like we are the podcast that goes at players the hardest, honestly. I think a lot of guys shy away because they don't want to ruin relationships. I think we're pretty much the most honest about guys play on the field um, and putting it out there on Twitter for people to see. But at the end of the day, like, these guys are real people and they're not, they're not Madden players. They're real people with real lives that have real issues. So, um, you know, we love Nate Solder as a person, maybe not as a player, but yeah, definitely get him Walter Payton man of the year. Danny, that's the show. We'll be back Friday to preview Redskins. You know what that means? That means I get to talk trash about Haskins all week. All week. Talking trash about Haskins, baby. Let's Man, go. This could go bad if we lose on even by a point. You're gonna let's let's. Hey, you ready for all the go, smoke? Let's go, Barry Haskins, and let's go, Big Blue.